guys, I am super excited because we already are on episode 75, which means this is a like kind of like a 75th anniversary. Wouldn't you say so, Kevin? Oh my God, I am so excited about our Diamond Jubilee. That's right. Ooh, that's right. Diamond Jubilee, because you get diamonds for the 75th. You know, it's a pity you have to wait that long before you get it. <laughs> before you get the diamonds. <laughs> well, I guess the idea is you get an even bigger diamond than uh, you already have. <laughs> Provided you can lift your decrepit hand. Well, <laughs> well technically, we, sh- we deserve a, 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 a ginormous diamond because we've actually recorded more than 75 episodes, Dodgy. <laughs> we, we have, but this is our officially named It's our official, but, but I'm going to say, but we, but um, you know what, just a little tip from us uh, podcasters who've been in the game for a while. <laughs> never uh whatever episodes you're doing number them do not like oh it's a special so it doesn't count no number everything because you'll be like us and celebrating your 75th episode even though you have like 89 episodes yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for blowing up our spot kevin and letting them know how inept we actually are tachi we have a deep rich back catalog <laughs> <laughs> we really do and you can feel free to listen to episodes back episodes and we'll tell you how at the end of the show but before we get to that welcome everybody to the livest tv review tv film and uh what is it entertainment podcast. entertainment that that's it yeah entertainment podcast on the podcast airwaves this is tv channeling analing, analing, analing. <sighs> yeah we, can, we can't afford an echo machine one day we'll get enough to do. One day. <laughs> we'll One get day. enough ducats when we get sponsored by our favorite. I won't say their name, but they run. They rhyme with Raider Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you kept that on the DL. <laughs> right? No one will ever figure that out. <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't expect them to. DM us if you want to know. <laughs> anyway, you, we already said there are names, but I'm Tachi. And I'm Kevin, and I'm super psyched about this all-news episode. There is so much incredible entertainment news for us to go over, Tachi, so let's just get right into it. Absolutely. So, you know, let's we, we have a lot to talk about in terms of um, things, Netflix, okay? Um, you've heard of the uh, saying, everybody's saying that now, not today, Satan. Well, apparently they're saying today, Satan, because talks are underway for another season of Lucifer on Netflix. Which is pretty amazing because, remember, Netflix was super hella canceled on Fox. And Netflix, you know... You mean Lucifer. I'm sorry. Did I, what did I say? Ne- Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> okay, no, sorry. Well, Lucifer. Netflix has always been canceled on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Lucifer was hella canceled, no pun intended, on Fox. And it was, uh, you know, I, I should I even say this? Resurrected Ooh. by Netflix. <laughs> We, we we are blaspheming I in every know, sense of is, the word. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so it was it was resurrected by Netflix for one final season to wrap it up. But apparently Netflix users are loving the show so much, Netflix is all like, oh no, this party is not over. Uh, just like a West Coast party, apparently a satanic party don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. So yeah, it was supposed to be renewed for our fifth and final season last year, but uh, yeah, it's uh, being re. Is there another word besides resurrected to use? 
Um, Not really. Something that's less blasphemous. I guess brought back, brought back again. Uh, one more time. What? One more again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Put it on replay or something. Re- I just re- you know what's funny? I have not watched one episode of Lucifer, so apparently Lucifer has it going on. I may have to you know slide into it on Netflix. So I didn't even. I I have not watched one episode, but now that it's all, I guess the whole the whole series is there now. Maybe I'll check it out and see what all the you know fuss is about. I just did not have a, a, the desire to. I don't know why. I just wasn't interested. But I mean, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll let you watch it first, and if you say it's any good, then I'll watch it. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll be your Lucifer guinea pig. You, you be the Lucifer guinea pig. Fantastic. But they did say this: We are so incredibly thankful to Netflix for resurrecting. They said it, not us. <laughs> uh, our show last season, and now letting us finish the story of Lucifer on our terms. Do you really ever finish the story of Lucifer on your terms? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they think they can. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope they're not mistaken. They also said, more importantly, we want to thank the fans for their incredible passion and support. The best is yet to come. I, I don't know. This is so funny. What they, When you're talking about a show about Lucifer, <laughs> and they say, the best is yet to come. <laughs> well, my guess is he must be it's a, weird. He must, he must be a conflicted Lucifer where he's just like, mm, I feel maybe like, you know, he feels kind of angsty about being super evil and stuff. That's my yeah, guess. I, probably. But you know what? That wouldn't be so far off the mark, you know, because Lucifer was a was an angel. You know, we we well, what was the show that we um, Omen, Good Omen, Bad Omen? Bad yeah. Omen. Oh, uh, uh, Good Omens. Good, good Omen. Good Omens on um, uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, right, right. So, you know, this, that, kind of that whole thing. So there have been a lot of shows that have shown the devil, if you will, as a conflicted character and as a multi-layered character rather than just evil, you know? Oh, so, so what you're saying, Tachi, is the devil's in the details? Oh, where's our sound machine? Sound effect. So going along with that, you know, it, it's renewed, but there are an awful lot of shows that are not renewed on Netflix, sorry to say. Oh, so yeah, we're actually yeah. going to... It's funny, we're talking about Lucifer and death has come to quite a few uh, Netflix shows in just 2020 all alone. It's amazing how quickly the hammer has fallen on, on some, or should the axe has fallen? The, the sword a- of Damocles? Yeah. The, the, the axe or the, uh, what's the thing that death carries? Oh, um, yeah, the, the sickle. Sickle. A sickle. Yeah, the sickle has fallen. Wow, this is starting out as a really I know, this show. is the most, the, <laughs> so fun. So fun, the dark imagery. Exactly, exactly. So, it's our TV channeling goth special. Oh, wow. Goth we're, special. We're, we're all wearing black. Um, No no joke, I really am. Bring up black! Are you looking through my <laughs> through my microphone, Kevin? Anyway, so uh, let's talk about some of the shows that um, are uh, are gone, All spinning right. out after one season, and they uh, they were actually canceled February third. Well, that's news to me because I didn't even know spinning out was a show. On yeah, Netflix. I had to look. I had to look it up. It was a show about um, ice skaters. Yeah, yeah, that's for, hence the spinning out. So apparently, despite oh, so you know what's reviews, funny, I thought when I heard the ter- title, I thought it was like a show about like Peloton or like the or like Soul Cycle or something. Why oh, would they like call spin- it spinning oh, out. Oh, you know I what? would call it on thin ice or something. Why would you? Well, that's why it's canceled. 
Bad name. Exactly. Bad name. Maybe spinning out means something in the skating world, but to the rest of us, it means not a damn thing. So pick something that we would, like you said, thin ice, that we would get it, right? Um, spinning out, yeah, you know what? A show about Soul Cycle would be so exactly. Good. That's what that. That's what the. That's what my um uh, hard hitting expose documentary is going to be called. Spinning out about Soul Cycle. <laughs> we need to stop giving ideas. To I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sh- shut up, Kevin. <laughs> we need to save that for ourselves because that's good. Anyway, so despite good reviews and some press, uh, some positive press about it. Uh, they said they're not going to move ahead with this figure skating drama. <laughs> you know what could have saved this, You know what could have saved this show, Tanchi? If Netflix had sent Dorothy us Hamill? a sc- no, if they had sent us a screener, if Netflix had sent us a screener, we could have talked about it. And then all of the fans of of uh, TV channeling who are legion would have come out in force and would have supported the show. But that's kind of your loss, Netflix. Send us some screeners, and we can help your shows out. Absolutely. Well, not to beleaguer the point or belabor the point. Here's, they, they have a, a theory as to why it was canceled. Probably not enough people watched it uh, from the beginning, meaning when it came out, they didn't watch it. And when they started watching it, they didn't watch it all the way through, those who did watch it. And well, wait, 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 it was, that's true for every show. I, mean, I love how that's a it is the true. theory is that a lot of people watched it. Like, well, that's, that, what a great theory. No, no, but that they started watching it and then didn't did not finish. Maybe watched an episode or so and then didn't finish. I mean, that's the um. I mean, that like you said, that's a danger with any show. Um, well, the good and, thing about what, what Netflix can do, which is amazing, I don't think any other shows were able to do this. I guess maybe uh, Nielsen families, but what Netflix can do, which is amazing, which a lot of people don't talk about, is they actually look at. When people stop, they can actually quantify, wait a minute, everybody seems to stop watching this show at minute 27. What, uh-huh. hap- what happened in minute 27 that seemed to turn people off? That's how, you know, uh, uh, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How laser focused they can be on what's successful and what isn't successful and what stops. Because there's actually been like comedy specials when they get to certain subjects. I'm like, I no, I'm out, I'm out. Once they get into like a fart joke kind of thing, I'm, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm tapping out. And so they can, I wonder if they basically are looking at, you know, when you go to certain subjects, you lose people in mass and telling producers, yeah, no, not today. (laughs) Not today, devil. (laughs) So what else is canceled? We talked about this a little bit before. Soundtrack after one season. And they were actually canceled back in January. Ten episodes of Soundtrack, uh, Soundtrack are out. Are you, are you saying that they put soundtrack on mute? Yes, Kevin, if you will. They put soundtrack on mute. Broom, <laughs> <laughs> so they decided not to proceed with it. And they said, you know, it, it's been said um, that it's probably because um, they're, it was competing with Disney's own musical drama. So I don't know. Yeah, then maybe it would have been a better fit on something like Disney Plus than than on Netflix. That could be. That could be. But that's neither here nor there because they're canceled. So, um, and then, you know, it it followed like a group of desperate artists navigating the music world of Los Los Angeles. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think people want to see that. Not that they don't want to see it, but I... Yeah, I, to, honestly, I, it took all the power I had as you were describing the show not to yawn. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Is, look, 
Top <laughs> Rock at least got um <laughs> two seasons, didn't it? Well, it reminds me of look at how badly when they tried to resurrect Fame not that many years ago, and that didn't work. So it's just like people, just people with this like uh you know pop star dreams watching a show about it. I mean, I'm not saying it can't ever happen and work, but I mean, look at how the ratings have gone down for even reality versions of that, like with uh, uh American Idol. Just what it was and what it is are just two different things. So it, it's a, it's a different time, and I think that pre TV producers have to be uh, content producers in general have to be sensitive to the fact that audiences have changed. So what worked in nineteen seventies nine nineteen eighty it was not going to work necessarily now, even with some significant uh, revamping. Uh, if you want to talk about a musical television show, I'm still bitter about NBC canceling. Uh, Rise. Rise. So I'm very yeah. bitter. That was good. That was a Rise damn was good, good show. So it's, instead uh, of doing that soundtrack thing, Netflix, what you should have done was resurrect Rise. Why? When, when you're you're busy with your pentagrams and Satan and stuff. <laughs> wow. I know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The another one. Mar they've canceled a lot after one season. Marianne was canceled in January. Again, another show I didn't know about. It was um, it was actually a French production, um, and it was a, a horror. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Okay, and I, I no, no one no one else knows much about it, which is why it's super canceled. Well, it's canceled. Mort is it mortal or mortel? I think it's mortal is what I think it is, but okay. So they were canceled again after one season in January. Um, this it's another French series. They're not returning for a second series, and this is actually a horror sci-fi, and it had general, you know, positive, generally positive feedback from audiences, but apparently the biggest problem was finding an audience. So those who watched it liked it, but it never really gained wings, I guess. So, but you can still watch six episodes of them that are now. On now, what, now, was it foreign language? If it's a, it was a French series, I'm assuming that means it was in French. That's one thing. I'm wondering how successful are these series in America that are foreign language? Like how many of them are breaking through? Well, that's a really good question. I am not sure whether or not it was subtitled or whether it was just a French production, but it was in English. I'm not sure. I'm probably guessing it could be that, and that could be part of the issue. So, unfortunately. So, anyway, things are not going to be, you know, transferred by osmosis. And speaking of osmosis, that's another show that has been canceled. <laughs> oh, my God, the transitions are so smooth. Thank you very much. You know, I try. There's been canceled after one season. They canceled a bunch of things on January 21st. I don't, that is going to be such a sad day for so many actors <laughs> that associated with Netflix. So um, it's another French series, Osmosis, canceled on the same day. Apparently they got a whole, um, a whole slew of French series that they were trying to put in and they really like, they basically axed a lot of them kind of at the same time. So I yeah, think I, it's- all I, all I can wonder is like, how much nudity would they have to keep in all these series to get people to watch some French series? I just, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, I don't know that much about French television or how different it is from French film, but I really enjoy French film. But it's not necessarily for everyone, I guess. 
Um, yeah, people that don't want if, if unless you speak French, that means you're going to be reading a TV series. And depending on how wordy it is versus an action thing where it's not a whole bunch of subtitles all the all day, all all day, every day. I think that's going to limit your audience by far. Hmm. Well, as the French say, c'est la vie. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh, there, there was one of there was one last uh, series that I thought oh. was going to be in that list uh, that was canceled, just announced a couple of days ago. Do you have that by any chance? I don't. I it was don't. An American I know you're series. Um, let me see. I will look for it. Just okay. one second. No, you know we're we're holding on, Kevin. Time's a ticking. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, insatiable. Insatiable. <laughs> insatiable. That's right. That's right. We insatiable did, we was about canceled. It. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that would be on the list, but they did. It was so. This was such breaking news. It wasn't even on the list of canceled shows for twenty twenty because it just got added <laughs> to the list. Wow. So apparently, audiences weren't insatiable when it came to when it came to the show insatiable they well, oh they had enough they were like no thank you we don't need a third helping so after two seasons yeah so let me ask you something really quickly before we move on to more netflix news and views do you think that netflix is kind of reaching this point of there's nothing new under the sun well, uh, I, I think that there's still more new things under the sun, but my problem with Netflix is a lot of new things they don't give a, a, a long enough chance to. One of the shows we reviewed in one of our uh, Bad Girls of Summer, the very first Bad Girls of Summer uh, celebration we had on, on uh, TV channeling was uh, Gypsy starring Naomi yes. Watts and that was a hell of a show and they canceled it after one season then another huge mistake they made was uh Sense8 they canceled Sense8 and fans did a huge uprising and they were guilted into uh doing a wrap-up uh a movie to kind of wrap the story up and if Netflix can do nothing else, they they launch so many shows. The idea that they don't have some kind of mandate where they automatically do uh, some kind of wrap-up for all of these shows, they keep launching and canceling uh, left and right. And shows that some shows that have had like two seasons or something, so they have some kind of following, is absolutely ridiculous. So I think that's the biggest growing pains thing they have is, to me, they're canceling things too quickly. And when they do cancel things, it's, it's unceremonious. They don't even kind of have any kind of wrap up which basically what it does to, it tells someone like me is don't start this new sci-fi thing like the oa don't start something like that because they could cancel it in, at any moment and when they're they're going to leave it completely unresolved says thus saith kevin thank you kevin so well, what do you think do you think that they, they reach this point of, of of where there is nothing new I, I, it's not that there's nothing new. Well, okay, this is what we were taught in film school, that there are no new stories. It's just a new spin that you put to it as a creator. So there, it really is nothing new. It has nothing to do with Netflix. But I agree. They don't give series a long enough chance to grow wings and for people to become invested in the characters. Granted, you probably know whether or not you like or dislike people within the first few episodes, but I don't think sometimes it takes a while for a, a show's wings to develop. They have to, you know, get a speed, uh, their speed up, and then they get a, they have a steady pace. And I don't think they give them the chance to, but I think I know why they don't give the chance to. Netflix is in debt. They're not trying to incur any more debt. And so they are not, look, if you don't, 
bring it within the first few you're gone which i think of, is a mistake but but part of it is doing. word is word of mouth look at how much you and i both love tv neither of us had heard of spinning out until the announcement it was canceled that <laughs> made more news than its launch and so people like us who love we eat drink and sleep tv we eat pray love uh tv and so <laughs> so if we <laughs> are pray, like, love tv if we're not hearing about it and so the average person i don't think is hearing about a lot of these shows that we, we hear about them once they're canceled so that is part of it so it's not even about the show the show might be a masterpiece as is as in it doesn't need to get its running legs before it can start you know season two season three the show really takes off as far as creatively maybe it's a, a masterpiece right now we'd be like this is in- insanely good a perfect example of that is uh, was uh we, what we just talked about was um a gypsy gypsy was an incredible that show was fire and to me i think the only reason it didn't succeed because enough people had not heard about that show they did not give it enough time for it to catch on. I agree. I agree. I think that's the biggest thing. So anyway, we'll see if that strategy pans out well for Netflix. If you keep canceling shows on people, <laughs> they're just going to be like, you know what? So, well, they're we'll making they're making even that. more shows, apparently. So uh, that's what's going on in Canada. Yeah, because they got to replace the damn shows they just got rid of. <laughs> just, you well, that, was a, that was a transition, Tachi. It was. It does. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So let's move on to uh, talking more about Netflix. And let's kind of talk about this, uh, the streaming, the business streaming side of it. So there are streaming wars, as you know, and this is a huge thing. Every damn network is coming up with their own OTT uh, network uh plus something plus something max something whatever it is in addition to what they have already and consequently a lot of filming is done in places like vancouver and toronto so there's a lot of canadian filming going on for a lot of these shows that are being shot or that are being uh, shown on streaming networks so these streaming wars though are leading to a rise in canadian film and tv shoots Okay, so CBS Television Studios last year opened a 260,000 square foot studio in TL. That's Toronto, for those of you who don't know. And Netflix launched its latest global production hub in Toronto, taking long-term leases on eight sound stages. And, you know, people are saying, I've never seen so many projects in this country. So... Pretty impressive. Yeah, there's it's so very many shows. Impressive. Yeah, um, shows like Discovery, Picard. They're just they're cranking things out, and they can't seem to make shows fast enough to uh, feed the demand of 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 all these streaming services. And please say what OTT stands for, because a lot of people may not know. Oh, thank you, thank you for saying that. So OTT stands for over the top, and that means um, something that is not cable, something that is uh, digital. So any of your um, anything that you would get on Hulu, um, Hulu is over the top, but anything that you would get on Roku or Chromecast or Fire Stick, those are all over the top streaming networks. So, so basically, touch what you're saying is, are you down with OTT? Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. You know me. Look, you didn't even have to ask that. <laughs> You didn't even have to ask. Naughty by nature would have known that I'm down with OTT. So, so in in that, so since there's so much production going on, but 
you know, what's happening is a lot of, of things are being shot in Canada because there are tax incentives that are offered to production companies. So states, there are states that do this as well. So basically, if you bring your production to XYZ state or in Canada's case, XYZ province, you get X amount back at the end or you get a tax break of xyz and generally that is for productions of a certain dollar amount like a, a million and over so if you're a a smaller production it probably is not those tax benefit uh, breaks won't benefit you as much but there are other ways that you can benefit but those are really for the larger productions so canada is peeping all these folks coming in with their productions particularly streamers and canada now says okay I need you to start paying some taxes or more in taxes. So amid pressure from regional governments in Canada, Amazon and Hulu are likely to follow Netflix and support local content in Canada. So one, one thing that I'm um, growing up across the bridge from Canada, I got a lot of Canadian television. And one thing that you'll notice now is if you're watching something like the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting uh, Corporation, there are certain things that will be blanked out. So, for example, if they're showing, let's just take Rachel Ray or something like that, you won't be able to see it. It will be blacked out for you. They'll put on something else. So, and then there's also a, a, a rule that X amount of programming has to be Canadian. So I think part of this is also to support Canadian productions as well. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, this is um, there. The, the question is, are streaming giants getting a free ride in Canada? And this is a, a vocal complaint from um, content creators and regional governments in Canada. So, yeah, they're going to have to pay up. Well, they said they're already. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, they said um, actually, Stephen, uh, I think you say his name, Jules uh, he's the Canadian Heritage Minister, and he's responsible for broadcasting. And he talked to The Hollywood Reporter, saying they're already spending money in Canada. All we're asking for them to do is to do it in a more organized way toward Canadian cultural content available for Canadians and for audiences around the world. Basically, look... <laughs> You need to have some more Canadian content on there if you or you and you need to pay some taxes if you're going to be here. More well, taxes. Yeah, th th there's so many huge companies have been getting free rides because in this drive to get uh dollars as far as in, you know, in like dollars uh trickle down dollars as far as in when uh food services and stuff like that and hotel rooms and uh rentals of uh of uh houses for the stars that are staying in Canada. Uh, when they're filming, this is the same kind of thing that happens here in America uh, with some certain places that also have uh, uh, tax incentives to get to lure productions uh, to their city. But also it happens with even things like with Amazon, where all everybody was competing to get Amazon to open up a headquarters in uh, their state, in their city. And they were offering all these tax breaks and offering basically paying Amazon to bring jobs to their city. The same thing with all of these. The, the biggest scam is these uh, stadiums for football teams where people compete to get these uh, pro football teams to come and they build them a stadium for nothing. So the owners who are 
are beyond insanely rich don't pay a dollar the taxpayers pay to have these stadiums built to give people the jobs of like you know i guess tossing peanuts to people in the stands I peanuts mean, get your peanuts all right just I know, it's absolutely ridiculous so <laughs> i i hope that if nothing else if canada does do this that'll bring back a little bit of production back here to the states uh because if it's less advantageous um uh, because a lot of celebrities do not want to if they have families especially on a television show versus a movie they don't want to have to leave the country to go film every season so if they could actually film here like in la or in new york their show they would be very happy to do it so if it's if it costs only a little bit more to make it here in the states as opposed to canada that might push a couple more productions back here so that would be definitely good news for us yeah we'll see if that happens not so sure but We'll be watching, and we'll let you know if anything changes. So, that um, speaking of of that, you know what I um, forgot to talk about when we were talking about titles that were pulled. Uh, Netflix has some titles that were pulled from this service because of government demands. Ooh, juicy! Mm, yeah, yeah. Spill it. I'll spill it. I'll spill it. So. Um, Netflix released its first environmental social governance report on Friday. And this is based on a framework from the Nonprofit Sustainability Accounting Standards Board. So they um, are, they, there are demands for taking down some things. Of the, there are nine takedown demands. Five came from the government of Singapore, and Saudi Arabia demanded the removal of an episode of Patriot Act. So uh, much of the report is actually focusing on their commitment to diversity and its environmental impact, but the company also revealed that uh, revealed every instance in which it has removed content from its streaming service because of government demands, not necessarily our government, but other governments. So in the report, they say they've removed, as I said, a total of nine different TV shows and movies since the service launched. And the company says that going forward, they're going to reveal all government takedown demands annually. So let's talk about them. Um, they include the movies The Last Hangover, The Last Temptation of Christ, the documentary The Legend of 420. Isn't 420 cannabis? Yes. Okay, thank you. I was like, that sounds familiar. Um, add the TV series Cooking on High and Disjointed. Wow, a lot of this has to do with uh, weed. Anyway, or drugs. So the Singapore request actually began back in 2018, and the last hangover uh, was removed just this year. And in Vietnam in 2017, Netflix removed the full film Full Metal Jacket because of a demand of the Vietnamese Authority of Broadcasting and Electronic Information. I'm sure it was because of that hooker scene and, and some other stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, also in 2017, Netflix removed Night of the Living Dead in Germany because of a request of the German Commission for Youth Protection. 2015. Yeah. Wait, of all the things that they would pull for youth protection is the Night of the Living Dead. Have they not seen all the other things on Netflix? Well, but I'm I'm wondering. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's mm, I don't know. There's so many other raunchy things. Um, you why why aren't they pulling you? Uh, what seriously? Okay, uh, let's keep going. 
2015, they removed the bridge from a service in from the service in New Zealand after a demand from the New Zealand film and video labeling body. So, and then Patriot Act with um, Hassan Minaj, um, they removed and last year removed one episode of the show in Saudi Arabia after receiving written demand from the Saudi Communication and Information Technology Commission. Well, I wonder is who who do they have from these different countries that are like monitoring Netflix? Are they like watching everything? Well, they can be watching everything based on what they're pulling. But it's interesting. I, I'd love to know what flag certain things like what flag Patriot Act that could that comedy special. They're like, well, we got to go look at that. Um, that it's just interesting. Uh, the, the choices are so uh, like seemingly almost random in some ways. I guess platoon. Well, in a way, it? they're not. You but, can but, but, just but, but, kind but, of look at the title and and but, see no, why. But platoon, okay. But but platoon is such an old movie. Uh, the idea that the people in Vietnam would actually be watching it versus actually even being upset about it, like I don't understand what the government is trying to control exactly. Um, and it's it's not removing it from other places in other countries. So it, it's one thing. Okay, let me put it this way: if it's a, if the stereotype you mentioned the hooker scene that uh, uh, puts some people in in Vietnam in a bad light. This movie is being shown in Thailand. They know that this is this is like, you know, a, de- a stereotypical de- depiction of them. They know that's not true. They have friends. They have family. They have mothers. They have sisters. They have daughters. So they know this is just a movie. This is just seen through the lens of a, a the perspective of a white man uh, who was directing it uh, about uh, stories of other white men and uh, that were, you know, American in Vietnam during a war. So the idea that they're stopping it from being shown there for who who was it who was gonna see it that was gonna be tricked or or misled about the vietnam war the people of vietnam have a very different experience of vietnam uh the vietnam war than we americans do so i don't know who they're sparing or protecting or it doesn't make any sense to me i could see if they didn't want us to see it because they feel like it's propaganda that that gives them uh, gives us americans uh, a warped idea of what vietnam uh, vietnamese culture is or what the vietnam war really was but for people of vietnam they know what it really was their grandmother mm-hmm. their uncle their cousin their father they know so it, i don't understand who they're protecting by removing that they're protecting vietnamese people um we i you know, other countries have a very different sense of what is good for their citizens than what we have so some governments like to shield completely because it shows vietnamese in a bad light because even if you know that it's i guess in a way it's akin to who wants to sit and watch birth of a nation all the time i don't i'm not saying outlaw it but i don't want to sit and watch it all the time so our government is not as extreme to the point of well outlaw it because nobody could see it because it shows uh black people in a bad light so but i think those gov- those governments take protecting their seri- their citizens in, uh, to a different extent than we do, if that makes sense. Mm, all right. <laughs> it just is what it is. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying that's what it is, I think. Okay. So that's what's happened on that. So um, you ready to move on off of Netflix? Yes, I am. But it is interesting. I'm glad they released that list, and I'm glad they're going to be releasing it in the future so we can know what is being censored for people in different countries. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that will change uh, filmmakers' approach to film or, or content producers' approach to content when it comes to these countries, but it will be interesting to know and to look at these patterns. Jesse! Oh, sorry, is it Jesse? It's, no, a, it's just... supposedly pronounced Jesse Smollett, yes. but yeah, for me, he'll always be Jesse. He lost the right to use the U. It's, it's gone. It's gone. You you are for people that are fine and upright. So the U. So you get an E. So Jesse Smollett is facing six new charges in Chicago. I'm sure you know about this <laughs> because he's one of your favorites to hate and follow what's going on with this. So he was indicted last week actually, for a second time on charges of lying to police about the racist and anti-gay attack that he, that was, you know, the alleged attack, right? That was, that he staged on himself, that was allegedly staged on himself <laughs> <downtown> Chicago. <laughs> These are the best That's Freudian it. slips ever. I know, right, that he staged on himself. <laughs> that um, allegedly he staged on himself in downtown Chicago, uh, renewing a divisive criminal case that drew worldwide attention last year. So the indictment came from special from a special prosecutor who was appointed after Cook County prosecutors dropped the same charges last March, if you remember that. So the new charges were supposed are probably going to reignite many of the tensions that surrounded Jesse a year ago. So when these claims first came up, he drew a whole bunch of support from fans and celebrities. They gave emotional television interview, and then he gave an emotional television interview about the attack. Remember that? Was mm-hmm. that with, um, with, um, Robin Roberts, I thought. Robin Roberts. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, um, this actually, if you remember it, polarized, uh, political discourse in this country. So be, because a lot of people, because of the attack is like, well, you see what happens in Cheeto Satan's America, that type of thing. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with this. I know you have something to say. Well, so okay. I was going to say, stop. well, first of all, I'm amazed that, uh, was her name Kim Crawford? Whatever. The woman who was the, uh, the prosecutor who, uh, throughout the case or uh, in, uh, initially uh, throughout uh, all the charges or whatever or uh, that whole thing, I don't understand why she even still has a job because I, I still need to know what the story is. Is, some, is there some kind of grand jury secretly like looking into indicting her as we speak? I hope so. And I hope they're basically you know bringing the hammer down on her. And then uh, uh, B... The idea that that um uh it was uh Wendy Williams actually uh came forward and said uh this week that she felt like Jesse Smollett should uh should be uh, let go that Chicago mm-hmm. uh was wasting its time going after him uh because of there's so many other kinds of crimes she talked about she indicted the Chicago school system and she talked about drug dealers and other kinds of crimes that are happening to focus on that and to let Jesse go because of the fact that his career is ruined and if he gets a job if anybody hires him 
there will be protest or whatever as if if you are unemployed then that means you shouldn't be charged with a crime look at all the money it cost chicago to do the investigation when he claimed that he mm-hmm. uh, uh uh there was a hate crime against him and to me the reason why he needs to be prosecuted still is the fact that the balls it took remember you think that you would slink off into a hole when you when when all the charges against you get dropped he had the balls to try to sue Chicago and say that he was falsely arrested and stuff and and for defamation and so oh you you could not go away and be thrilled to have gotten away with uh, uh with zero jail time for an obvious crime that you committed you, you want to basically still try to maintain your innocence for for god knows i guess the same people who still believe michael jackson was just giving those boys hugs i guess those same people are the ones that believe that, that jesse had nothing to do with this or jesse um, so <laughs> I, yeah, I feel, I feel zero sympathy for him. He brought this on himself and he hurt so many people by doing this. This is going to make it so much harder because hate crimes are a real thing. And for other people that are being, that are, uh, that are having, uh, being victims of crime because of their race or their sexual, uh, their sexuality, sexual preference, being transgender, whatever, they are going to be less believed because of of him doing this this was this was like a banner time for fox news to be able to laugh at this and the and the way he tied it to the president with the fact that they that they were saying this is maga country he claimed his uh his uh victimizers uh his assault uh, his assaulters were saying that as they were pouring bleach on him and putting a noose around him and i just love the fact that even the idea that this, remember this was during a polar vortex the story never clocked it never made sense the idea that during a polar vortex at three o'clock in the morning he's walking around the street to go and get a subway sandwich first of all on the sunniest of days i wouldn't go get one of those crappy sandwiches but during a polar vortex (laughs) sorry sorry, subway sorry subway the views expressed (laughs) by kevin are not necessarily the views of chitachi egwu or tv channeling um (laughs) but the idea that he would go out during a polar vortex and then not only that he would happen upon some of of some it's either two things either just by coincidence some uh some trump loving uh uh homophobic uh, uh racist which is you know probably that's a there's a lot of those but the idea that yeah. they would encounter him and they would just happen to have a noose and a bottle of bleach with them yeah so or or they were stalking him the idea that jussie smollett was so important that even if you were a, a racist homophobe trump supporter which is like i don't know 90 percent of them but if you were that you would basically spend your time focusing on jussie smollett of all people that you'd be waiting outside and during a polar vortex waiting for him like you know what i know he loves sandwiches and he loves them at night so let's wait out here uh-huh. <laughs> you, you get the bleach i'll get the noose I, look. oh serious I mean, it, it, it does sound very fishy, but again, charges were dropped, but let's unpack this a little bit more. So, um, Smollett sued, I'm sorry, the city sued Smollett and they're so seeking reimbursement of 130,000 for overtime that were paid to officers who were involved in investigating, investigating. So his attorneys, Smollett's that is, Jesse's, say that the city um, should not be allowed to recover costs from Smollett because it accepted $10,000 from Jesse 
as payment in full in connection with the dismissal of the charges against him. This is strange. Why? Do, never mind. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. So here's the bigger thing. Um, Kim Fox is the um, is the who you were thinking about, not um, Crawford Fox. And so the case has become an issue in her bid for a second term. So there, she's the first black woman to hold the county's highest law enforcement position, and they've blasted her for the handling of the matter as haphazard and indecisive. They say it indicates she has bad judgment and favors the rich and powerful in deciding who will be prosecuted. That all makes sense to me. So since she was the first one, she can uh, the, the 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 next one will be the second black woman to hold that position. And I look forward <laughs> I look forward to her tenure. Thank you very much. Oh wow, mm, we're gonna leave that. Yeah, alone. don't let the so, door hit you on the way out, Kim. Wow, Kim Fox. Bye. Bye. Well, her name's not Felicia. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, let's um let's talk a little bit about. Well, you mentioned Wendy Williams. Did you want to say anything about um her uh, apology? Well, okay, that's one thing that's interesting about uh, some people were were uh, thinking that there might be a, a coincidence or or uh, some thinking uh some nefarious kind of uh, thinking about why uh. Wendy has come to Jesse Smollett's defense, an out gay actor, uh, because uh, earlier this week she uh, got blasted on social media after she uh, was upset. Apparently she was talking about Galentine's Day, which is like a made up holiday before Valentine's Day where women uh, go out with their girlfriends and they mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, each other. Like you're the best. You're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. Stop it. Over 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 wine or whatever, and they hang out. And so, um, and she asked the audience, like, who's celebrating Valentine's Day? And apparently, a man was clapping, and that set Wendy off. And uh, so she was saying how uh, Valentine's Day isn't for you. I don't care if you're gay. And she said, let's see, can I find the exact I, I have the exact quote. She oh, said, please give it. She said, uh, game, she didn't say this, but she was talking about gay men should, quote, stop wearing our skirts and our heels. Oh, well, there's first, and then she also said, the, yeah, I do. She said, you have the well, period first, thing? yeah, I do. Listen. Um, so, well, first of all, if you're a man and you're clapping, you're not even a part of this. You don't even understand the rules of the day. It's a woman going out and getting saucy and then going back home. You're not a part. I don't care if you're gay. And, and she said, um, uh, adding that gay men don't menstruate every 28 days. You could do a lot that we do, but I get offended by the idea that we go through something you will never go through. And stop wearing our skirts and our heels. And so some people were saying that that was a dig at Billy Porter. Oh, wow. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Well, let me just say, Billy Porter wears it better than you do, Wendy. Because uh, some, some of your outfits are left to be desires. Love you as I may. Let's be real. So she said, just saying, girls, what do we have for ourselves? So reps for the show just declined to comment on Thursday. But... You know, in the audience, of course the audience is going to clap because they're there and they're being told to clap by the floor producers. Let, let's be real. When you're in, if you've been to a taping of a show, um, which I'm sure you have, Kevin, 
they don't just let you leave you to your own devices. They tell you when to clap, when to stand, when to cheer, and I'm sure that was a clapter moment for them. So while they were clapping in the studio, Twitter was ready to drag. Okay, they were. Um, there was a swift backlash online. Um, one Twitter uh, user wrote, "Let's see. I say this as someone who once made." a very, very, very small name for himself writing takedown pieces about celebs who said homophobic and other stupid-ish. But at Wendy Williams is just a mess and really isn't worth your rage. It'd be better spent on someone thing worthier. Okay, all right. Someone else said, at Wendy Williams, really? What sort of ignorance is coming out of your mouth regarding gay men wanting to be women? Really, Wendy? Because you know she always says, "Really, such and such." <laughs> yeah, um, the whole and, and but she did have uh, her her defenders. Uh, one of her defenders. She did have uh, defenders. Yeah, one of her defenders tweeted, uh, "Wendy Williams called out, uh, uh, let's see, appropriation of womanhood, and I'm loving it." Another one said, uh, "Thank you, uh, a thank you for saying what we as women want to scream." Every day. I'm like, wait, wait, every day? This is an issue for you? You wake up in the morning like, somewhere there's a gay man wearing a skirt. Ah! So it's just <laughs> <laughs> every I, day. Look, I don't. I, I certainly day. don't. Okay, first of all, I've been gay for a few years. Now. Okay, I thank you. Please, okay, and, I've been wanting to ask you this. Go ahead. And you know what? I have never encountered a, a, a man in a skirt or heels. So I understand how this is every day she's women are screaming, just like, please make it stop. Where are they encountering this? Other than like Billy Porter at the Oscars, where is this going down? Are they talking about drag queens? Are they talking about RuPaul's drag race? What are they talking about? Wendy yeah. Williams has been saying homophobic stuff as as long as I've known who she was. She's been saying homophobic stuff. This is nothing new. I'm surprised that it's finally, that this has been the first thing people seem to have noticed in mass and actually called her out on publicly. Uh, enough so that she came out and did the, I can't even, it would be generous to refer to it as a half-assed apology. I would say maybe she was using a quarter of her ass. So. And she doesn't have much of one, so that's a lot. Yeah, so I've, uh, yeah, so for me, she's been canceled <laughs> for a while. So I've already been done with her. She's been really, she's been very ugly and very hateful for a really long time. And so, yeah, I, I have nothing to do with her. I'm surprised it's taken so long for people to actually call her out on this. But people are going to be over it in, in a day or so anyway. And um, it'll, it'll no, just be... No, we have short a, memories. All you're going to have to do is wait for the next time because there will absolutely be a next time. Because there have been so many other times in the past. And um, I was surprised when I was reading some of the articles about this that people haven't called out all the other different incidences that, that have happened that she's also uh, said homophobic and transphobic things. But the idea that it's appropriating uh, female culture. I mean, would you say that if, if a woman is wearing pants or a t-shirt, is she appropriating male culture? Well, okay, that's what I wanted to ask you. How do you feel about that? You don't think it's an appropriation of... And, you know, okay, beyond the, the, um, the dress, do you think that... Um, well, not even beyond the dress because it, it is about the dress. Do you think... Um, there is kind of an appropriation. Well, all I can say is there there are men that are straight 
that have a thing for mm-hmm. women's clothes and will use any any uh like you know Halloween as an excuse to uh to dress like Marilyn Monroe for some reason. I have zero interest in that. The gay men that I've known have had zero interest in that, but there definitely are some gay men who are interested in that. Uh-huh. But the idea that it's a thing that I don't understand to me, it's like I don't care. You do you, and the idea that Wendy Williams is concerned that it's it's it, that it's that it's under her skin. There was so much vitriol in her voice, the way she clapped back at her audience member who was clapping. All he did was clap when she mentioned the uh the the Galentine's Day thing that you know, and you can't be a part of this because you don't have periods or whatever. And and that's another thing. As if what makes a woman is having a period or so. It just it's I don't understand what is going on in the thinking other than the fact that it's antiquated. I I I don't understand it, and the idea it's appropriation because that goes into like people that are trans. There are a lot of people that are trans, so I don't understand. I don't understand what it is to be trans. I don't have that experience, but I would not knock somebody who believes that they are a woman or feels that their gender is fluid or whatever. I don't understand it. But they can live their experience. So I'm not going to feel like if I if I see like, you know, what we would classically refer to as a tomboy. Uh, I never thought like she's appropriate in our culture wearing Levi's. You know, I just like I, I don't I don't I can't wrap my mind around it, honestly. Well, you know, if we look at it historically, when she talks about the heels and the skirts and things, um, all we have to do is look at Scotland and kilts. Those are basically skirts. All we have to do is go back um, to, what is it, the Baroque period, and men were wearing heels. Initially, they were the ones who did wear um, heels. So, Oh, like a current I, president wearing lifts. Yeah, so just trying to be taller. Is he wearing lifts? Oh, yes, he wears lifts. Well, okay, I'm going to be quiet. Because uh-huh, this could go somewhere else. But, okay, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Oh, 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 also, if you look at like look at someone like uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Sawyer. No, <laughs> no t- actor. Um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. So yeah, he's always wearing heels just to basically to be to get get a couple of inches of height. Well, yeah, because he is small. But it is what it is. Yeah, and so no, and, and that's another thing. Was Jesus wearing pants? I don't think pants were invented yet, so I don't. No, they I, weren't. I, they weren't. Yeah, so I the idea that just I don't understand the energy, the how. Wh- again, this woman does have a lot going on in her life. As far as please look at her husband and his other family and stuff. But anyway, she has a lot going on. The idea that you could muster up any energy to be worried about what Billy Porter wears to the Oscars. You know just, this. She needs to look. This is outside of <laughs> of all of that. And like you said, she said some uh, off the wall stuff when it comes to the LGBTQ plus. Am I right? Community for you know she said some off the wall stuff. But this is she needs to heal. She I hope she's in therapy for all these types of things because again it wasn't just this divorce. Now she, some ill stuff has been going on for a while with her, you know, in her family, uh, with her her ex-husband. So, um, is she he needs an ex already? Is he an ex yet? Or is he still? I'm, I'm deeming him an ex because, uh, yeah, I don't think it's gone through yet, but I'm deeming, her attitude towards him is like an ex. So, I, um, I, she needs to heal, and she needs not to take that healing out on other And that is the problem with not having 
when you're in this vulnerable state, you need to have some stuff scripted because that's when what the hell ever comes out of your mouth when you don't have a teleprompter leading you in terms of where to go. But that's always been that's been her bread and butter as far as in what she what she was able to do with I think this is a talent. There's no denying it that a lot of people can't do is you can give her a microphone. She learned doing this from radio where you vamp you basically just on there it's just you and a microphone and the people listening to you and you talk about anything and everything and your stream of consciousness just comes flying out of your mouth and people love the fact that she's unscripted and they love that that she might say anything yes they do uh, and so but when you can almost say anything you can reveal who you are and who she is his uh, and and has has been for uh, as long as i've known her is a very hateful small-minded person and uh, the the more she talks the more it slips out so well yeah. th- this is why i'm saying okay so she gets this from radio but radio her radio wendy is very different from tv wendy her audience was cool with this type of thing there are things you could get away with in radio like what she does that you can't get away with on national tv so this is a much bigger platform now she's a much bigger star than when she was in radio and that means there are bigger fish to fry when you say something that means that you also have to monitor what you say and you can yet yeah, vamping is great and she's great at it but she in, in this vulnerable state she needs to watch what she says how she says it because obviously she knows it's a problem because she came back and apologized that's the biggest way she knew she said something wrong. You don't have to apologize if you say thing if you don't say things in the first place. So some things, some days, you know you're a little bit vulnerable these days. Some things you need to have on a prompter to lead you and resist the urge to say whatever the hell you want. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out in the future. Um, if if uh any of her because she has a huge lgbtq plus oh they um, love her yes so but yeah but not uh, that uh, but there are people that have, have uh finally are getting a clue i've been on an island uh talking about this woman and, and who and what she is for a while i've been out alone it's been a lonely island and so i think now there are a few other castaways on this island with me now finally but you know what it's like with, with any um with anybody with any group if you think about it for example um people of color but let's take specifically black people sometimes you're on an island when you're talking about some of these things and people don't want to hear it because they like to bask in the sunshine of of culture and that type of thing and you don't know not him he didn't say that i can't believe you know what i'm saying i think it's the same thing with the lgbt lgbt LGBTQ plus community when it comes to Wendy Williams. But at some point you start to re- uh, realize that, yeah, there's some ill stuff coming out of her mouth and it's affecting me. And now that I've stopped dancing and clapping, I'm hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? Anyway. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of uh, of uh, the community and protecting people and looking the other way, let's talk about what's going on with Gail King and Snoop Dogg. Exactly. Speaking of mess. All right. So we all know what happened with the after Kobe Bryant uh, passed away. Gail King did the interview with Lisa Leslie. There was a question that she asked concerning the 2003 um, sexual assault case. And for some reason, people did not, I shouldn't even say for some reason, 
people didn't watch the entire interview in its entire they didn't watch it in its entirety nor did they read the transcript of the interview they focused on that one piece which i think is because cbs put out that one clip as you know a teaser for it and everybody got all up in arms there were threats against gail and not just threats by the normal trash that's on twitter um they were threats i did say it trash some of you all are trash so there were threats by some no i'm sorry the views expressed by uh shitachi egwu are shared by kevin williams Ah! (laughs) we both we both think you're bloody trash okay some of you all are bloody trash and no when you're you're doing when you're doing death threats uh, for interview questions, yes, you are absolutely trash. You are garbage on a hot day, okay? Out in the open. And so it's not only some of these trashy people on Twitter that had something to say without cause, shut up and sit down. It was also some notables. Snoop Dogg had something to say because apparently he and Kobe were friends and... He got in his feelings about it and went off and actually, you know, called her a bee. And, and, you know, there were threats. When you do stuff like that and you're notable, you can incite violence. Yeah, also, well, it, it was, it was I just want to say, though, it was a, it was a profanity-filled Instagram video where yes. he warned her and he said, back off, B. This is a family podcast. Um, uh, before we come get you. Exactly. Rhymes with which. So he said, back off, witch, before we come get you. Who is this we and who is this brigade? And you know what? There are some people who so identify with him that they're like, oh, I'll be part of the we. So you're inciting violence. So here's the thing. This has happened. Um, Oprah got on and said, Gail's not doing well. Gail actually did her own Twitter video where she talked about um, the, the whole thing and she meant no harm. And Snoop Dogg actually then later, after after some, um, there's, there was a hashtag trending, I stand with Gail. Uh, so there was some, there was a lot levied at Snoop Dogg too. He got dragged too. So, you know, it, interestingly okay, enough. Uh, no, uh, wait, wait, okay, I got to say something. Okay. Not drag, think, drag, but. Okay, I'm saying, you know, I don't think he really got dragged. I think, let's be real about what happened. Snoop Dogg, is, as hood as he uh, still presents himself, has crossed over. I mean, he does a show with Martha Stewart, and he does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of advertising things. He's in tons of commercials. I believe, like, he does commercials for, I believe, Subway and uh, for, uh, what's it called? Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So, I believe all of his, co- his corporate overlords. Um, who are a, a, a lot less hood than he is, they basically uh, got in his agent's ears, and then he released an apology. So this wasn't about anybody. This wasn't social media coming after him. There was also a uh, a, a hashtag, I, uh, I stand with Snoop, was also trending. So it, this wasn't about that. This was about his This was about his bottom line. This is about his wallet that made him come out and do an apology. Because yeah. Yeah, when, you, when, you, when you basically are, are working for Subway and Dunkin' Donuts and you're on VH1 cooking with Martha Stewart, it's not cool to be doing public death threats. No, I agree. I agree. I'm not saying that's not it. It absolutely is the bigger part of it. But he also did get, you know, dragged on social a little bit. That's I'm not saying that is uh, that's not going to be. But here's here's the thing. The people who drag you on social are possibly also the people who are going to uh, patronize Duncan patronize. So that's what they're looking at as well. Absolutely. So you're right. Yes. So this is what he said in a video posted Wednesday. 
I was raised better than that. Are you sure? So I would like to apologize to you publicly for the language I used and calling you out of your name and just being disrespectful. He said he chose to apologize after having a talk with his mother. He said, I didn't mean for it to be like that. I was just expressing myself for a friend that wasn't here to defend himself. A lot of people look up to me and they love me and they appreciate me. So I want them to know that anytime you mess up, it's okay to fix it. It's okay to man up and say you're wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Did anybody ask my opinion? Nope, but I'm about to give it. <laughs> I'm sorry. The damage is done. The fact that you gave this Lily apology to Gail, and of course she accepted it. She said, um, uh, I don't always get it perfect, but I'm constantly striving to do it with compassionate and integrity. And she said, she also said that she finds it, cha she finds it challenging to balance doing my job with the emotions and feelings during difficult times. That is, and again, she, that her corporate overlords, which she does have, you know, is like, well, you've got to accept his apology. That's the thing. She has to be the bigger person in this and say, I accept your apology rather than saying, take the number two train to hell. She has to accept his apology. So there's a delicate dance going on on both ends. Well, so, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. When you threaten to kill me publicly on Instagram or Twitter or both, and it takes you more than a week to uh release an apology what well, all you're gonna you're gonna hear like oh uh we reached out to kevin williams's people for comment and he was unavailable at this time we at, at the time of airing of this program uh we have not received any word back um so i wouldn't say anything uh, against the apology but i would not acknowledge it or say anything publicly so she was a class act even if it was due to her corporate overlords or not i would have have had zip to say i would have said anything to the death threat and i would have said nothing about uh, uh regarding the apology as well i have zero to say i would have said go take these two rocks and make stone soups at the gates of hell i know me that's why i don't need <laughs> i don't need to have uh anything i i just obviously if you have uh, corporate backing behind you in her KCBS, you've got to carefully choose how you do things. And it looks good to be the bigger person and apologize. So yeah, she's better than me. But Snoop, let me say this. The damage is done. Do you think that now that you've turned on your heel, like a, a sharp turn on your heel, everybody has turned off their vitriol towards her? No, because what he did is he incited a huge conversation in the black community, especially about misogyny, about ride or die, about the way we report about our own, and it's not going to go away. And it was there before you, but you definitely, you and your cronies, 50 cents with an S, you and your cronies have definitely opened up this conversation and i'm it is for the good because we need to look at this but the people who were giving death threats you think they're like oh okay he said back off stand down no because some of these idiots are crazy you so, know it, 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 it absolutely gave a license when the the, the likes of uh, him and uh, 50 cent uh, sense, uh, sense. <laughs> and I'm not going with his um uh, his uh, uh broken English today. Sense. Well, uh, anyway, uh, Curtis, uh, whatever his last name is, um, Jackson. Uh, oh yeah, Curtis Jackson. Uh, they gave license uh to these people, uh, just like you know uh the the person who, in, in living at 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. The things he says gives gives license to his followers. Uh, uh, they, they basically, you know, move in the direction that this person is pointing them in. And exactly. 
Do you think if uh, Cheeto Satan today says, you know what, back down everybody, you think these people will back down? No, there are going to be some people that still will feel empowered to act in those ways. The same thing with Snoop and everybody else that says that simply because you said you call off the war doesn't mean that the war is not still on. Come on. And the idea, that, and again, this is over a question, and the idea that that this man who has this incredible legacy is going to be affected by Gail King asking a question of somebody that 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 deserves all this vitriol. I really think what this is really about is the fact that this was such a senseless death. And there's really no one to blame. It's not, it's not like the helicopter pilot is alive and we can all be mad at him. People wanted something to, to vent their rage at. And so when CBS released that clip with Gail asking, a, a, in my opinion, a perfectly reasonable question. Uh, it was about, reasonable. About this man's legacy and the fact that at one point that he was uh, uh, charged with a sexual assault, that he actually did say publicly he did apologize, saying that there was an un that that there was an, a, a non consensual component to that sexual encounter with that woman, and so the idea that people are like up in arms, like how dare you ask about this thing that happened in his life that he publicly acknowledged, is crazy. Well, and, and not even that he only that he publicly acknowledged, this has been the public discourse for all these days. So Gail is only addressing what people are saying. And then she even says in the question, there are some, some that say that this 2003 case complicates his legacy. For you as a woman basketball player, is it complicated? She said this. And then she even asked, is it even fair to be asked before that? Is it even fair to be asking about this since he's not here? She asked that, but because stupid people only watched that one question or that one clip and didn't put it in context, they went ahead and went on this right. That's why black Twitter, in the words of Huggy Lowdown, you are the Bama of the week. Week. <laughs> week. Oh my God! If, if, if we, oh, we need that echo machine stat, we do. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right, so uh, let's let's move on. You ready to um, move on? Yes, a bit? ready to move on. All right, so let's talk Oscars. We have some kind of post-Oscar wrap-up. I am really excited that Parasite got so much love at the Oscars. You know, this is the first time you've really seen this kind of sweep by a quote, foreign language or international film at the Oscars. This actually hasn't happened before. If I'm not mistaken, is it, isn't this not this, the, this first was the first time? This was the yeah. very first time a non-English film uh, won Best Picture. It, that, I mean, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And yeah, so, best director, uh, best uh, international film. It just cleaned house. It clean, well, that just shows you when a film is good, it's good. So I still haven't seen it. I'm going to make my way to the theater. In fact, there's because of this Oscar win, there is a, a bump in box office sales for Parasite. So I will be amongst that bump. Maybe tomorrow I'll go and watch it. So anyway, uh, because of all the hype and how well it's done, and it's not just hype, but because of all the accolades and uh, critical acclaim and then sweeping all these awards, HBO is doing a Parasite TV adaptation. So Tilda Swinton is actually going to star in the adaptation. It's going to be a six-part series based on Bong Joon-ho's film, Parasite. And um, 
Earlier this week, they revealed that Mark Ruffalo looks like he's set to play Kim Kai Tech in the new adaptation. And it was also reported that he'll be joined by Swinton as the female lead. So to play Chung Suk, the mother of the family who ends up being a maid in the... I hope they're going to rename these people. Oh, I'm, I'm, yes. They're, I don't think they would dare to keep the character names the same. There's gonna absolutely That's all be, the hell we need. The, well, there's cultural differences, obviously, uh, uh, in America versus um, Singapore. Where is yes. It? Where does it take place? Singapore? Okay. Well, anyway, there are cultural um, differences. Yeah, I think it's Singapore. Obviously. So there's definitely going to be changes to the script. It's going to be a different story slightly, but it's going to, I guess, have the same, you know, basic uh, thread that the original story has. But to me, this what, what this brought up is a, this question, because one of the things he mentioned when he uh, during his acceptance speech for Best International Film, that is a new award title. It's the same award. It used to be called Best Foreign Language Film. Foreign Language, yeah. Now it is called Best International Film. And some people felt like it was like limiting or even racist or, or what's that another word, uh, colonial or something like that, to call it uh, Best Foreign Language Film. And I actually had no problem with the term best foreign language film because it was a foreign language to us here in the States. You could call it best non-English film if the term foreign sounded wrong to people. Call it best a non-English language film. But the reason why I have a problem with calling it best international film is what is the definition? I actually tried to do some research on this and it seems like the rules apparently, everything I was able to find, if anybody found anything different or has more information, anyone from the Academy, please reach out to us and let, uh, let me know for my own edification and I will be happy to correct myself on the next episode is uh what happens if there's a film let's say that that takes place in the uk or in london or in canada in uh uh in say toronto that's in english is that also an mm-hmm. international film would that be able to go up against uh parasite for best international film yeah. And my and the answer seems to be no. And so the uh, so it's not just the fact that it's in another country or an Australian film. Is that one of the best international films if it's in English? No, it's about form. It's about films that are not in English. And so why call it best international film? Because it's it's certain countries that where their English speaking countries are locked out of that they can't uh, vie for that award. So it doesn't feel right to me to call it best international film. Yeah, I guess I, I get the best foreign language film thing. But but my thing is then what they need to do is, I mean, get with the times, expand the... Um, th- so, so the rules are that the film has to be... There's a certain percentage of the film that needs to be not in English, correct? In the native language. Yeah, it has to be the majority non-English. Of, uh, the majority of the dialogue is, is spoken in a, in a language that is not English. And not English. Okay, so once you go to... Once that is the case, um, that means foreign language. So what they probably need to do away with is the language aspect of it. Because regardless of whether it's in a native language or in English or French, something like that, you know, uh, if it's a, a colonized country, the point is the customs, the culture, and things are going to be endemic or native to that part of the world in that country. So it doesn't matter what language is spoken. So in that case, I think international film is fine and just get rid of the language requirement. How stupid is that? Well, that, I mean, 
if you're not going to get rid of the language, if you if they're not going to get rid of the language requirement, then don't change the name of the award. It was called the foreign language. This was the first year. 2020 was the first year where they changed the name of the award to best uh, uh, international film as opposed to foreign language film. So all I can assume is the people because there are people he, he specifically mentioned how he was honored to be the first one to re- receive the award with the new name because some people found the name offensive. I am still not sure what they found offensive about the name other than the fact that it's, it's referring to it as foreign because it's not it's not a foreign language to them so basically call it a, a, the best non-english uh film uh not english language film that to me makes makes sense because we're not saying your language is foreign but it's the best you know uh film that was not in, in english it just seems weird to me it's to call it international when everything of uh, movies that are made in other countries all don't qualify based on the language that's being spoken. So it is about language. It is about the the well, the, the crux of the crux of what this award is about. Well, I don't like the term non-English because that uh, signifies that English is the uh, default language. And even though it is a lingua franca, we have to think about we're not necessarily a multilingual country, but there are a lot of people here from other places. And we have to think about the fact that Spanish is quickly uh, becoming uh, a a second language uh, for many languages spoken widely in the U.S. So I don't non-English makes English the default, and it's not necessarily. But, but, but that's what people that's what people had a problem, I, I believe, of the with the term best foreign language film because it, some people were saying like, well, I speak Spanish, that's not a foreign language to me. So what what would you call it then? It is about language. The the, it only, is. the, the only category that the reason when you, I looked up I looked up what the what the category means uh and with the Oscars and what it means is of a, a, a movie with the the majority of the dialogue over 90 percent of the dialogue or whatever is not in english and so it is about the language so it's about a foreign language well, if you well, don't want to call it fo- if you don't want to call it foreign the only other way to rename it would be the uh, the the best non-english film i don't like the term non-english though uh, that's why i'm just saying just get rid of uh, get rid of the language requirement and make it international because the la- and case in point when they disqualified lionheart which is a nigerian film from the Oscars because it was uh, mostly in English. But they also had, of course, some Igbo and Native, it was an Igbo film, but mostly in English. The pro- the point is, I'm like, well, if you people were, you stupid people had even looked up, you would know that the official language of Nigeria is English. So simply because they didn't speak in what you thought they should speak is disqualified now. So that's the case in point. Get rid of the language thing because it's that complicates things. But okay, but there's a reason why they do this. Uh, the, the reason why they had a separate category is the, the, the the idea is that uh, uh, that uh, for a lot of movie viewers, even people that are in the academy, a foreign language and having to read subtitles is hold something back. So if you have a bunch of movies that are in, like, say, German and French and Cantonese or something versus a movie that was made in Britain uh, or uh, Australia where people are speaking English, they're going to have a leg up when it comes to being voted. Uh, and so that's why you basically walled it off. So all these movies have subtitles, not just some of them. So if you have a movie that where all the other movies uh, that are uh, that are not in, not in English versus a movie that's in English, that's going to have a major leg up. And so what happens if the best international film three years in a row uh, go, goes to one in Australia, one in Canada, uh, and uh, one in... Uh, uh, in uh, Ireland, then people are like, "Wait a minute! Why are all these English movies that are in English winning the best uh, international film? Because it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna 
probably tilt that way because a lot of people do not want to read subtitles when it comes to movies. Even um, there was an article in the uh, Los Angeles Times where, where they supposedly had uh, uh, confessions of Oscar voters, and a lot of them were saying uh, on the on the DL that they do not like reading movies and that they wanted American films to win or whatever because they don't like well, to read movies. Well, see, so that that brings up a, that brings up a point. A, if you're going to do this and try and be cosmopolitan and international, you need to have savvy voters on the academy the voters on the academy many of them are not very savvy this is why we have a lack of diversity all the time they're not savvy they're they they think within a box and so i mean that's why to me the oscars are not the end all and be all of everything that is great in film because you have people voting for them who just don't are not very cosmopolitan that's one number two then oh i forgot my number two it will come back to me. But <laughs> I was so on a rant on that that I, you know, I forgot about that. But I mean, I think the the big thing is language is very complicated, and all this stuff is is very complicated. Um, I think that it comes with changing who votes, including having more inclusive voices. Because how daft and stupid do you? I shouldn't say stupid, but how unaware and um, egocentric do you sound where you well i don't want to read subtitles i want to guess what not everybody speaks english and there's an awful lot of great film that's from outside the u.s so oh here was my point so if that's what you want then you need to make it the american oscars and just make it only films from the united states shot in the united states or by uh people from the united states make it that if that's what you're trying to do because that's the only way you can get around this. I don't think it's a good way to go. The better way is to get rid of the language requirement and just make it inter best international film. Forget about language and have more savvy people on the academy that are not always going to vote for England, Ireland, Scotland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. I, I get your point, but I still think it's better to have a walled garden um, to say we're going to celebrate films that are not in English because, sadly, or basically just to be real, more, more movies are made, uh, television shows are made in English just because there's more people. There's this is this is the this is the birth of, uh, you know, Hollywood was the birth of this industry, and so it was. No, it, um... it was it, it, Okay, all right. In earnest, are we going to have a fight about really about Hollywood being the beginning of the of the real beginning of this whole industry? Seriously? Okay. Go ahead, Tashi. They were they were not the beginning of the industry. They may have popularized. But there's a difference between being the beginning and popularizing. So I'll leave it there. All right. Well, anyway, and I'll say it. That's why I said in earnest. The the the, the uh, is where this the, the the factory the factory of 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 of, of uh, movies was Hollywood, where they're just cranking that out. And so it was English speaking and English mainly for an English speaking audience. Things are changing as far as the movies becoming more international because of like now uh, because China is such a big market, so they want to try and do certain things that are going to appeal there as well. I'm just case saying, in point. Case I'm in just, point because it I'm, is international. I'm just saying I feel that if I were a filmmaker that was making movies that weren't in English, I would want my movie to be considered up against films voted on uh, people in in the United States. Uh, against movies that are also going to be in English. I just feel like it's a mistake to call it Best International Film because the title is not true as it stands now. Uh, a movie from Australia can will not be up for Best International Film film because of how the rules are now. The rules still state 
even though they changed the title of the award, it's still the exact same rules. So that movie that you were uh, that you mentioned earlier, where they got put, uh, they got uh, uh, kicked out because they had too much English in it, also would still not make the cut today, even with the name change. So I don't think they're gonna. They're, I, don't th- well, I don't think they're gonna get rid of the requirement of uh, the language requirement for the award. So if you're not gonna do that, then it, the name is incorrect. It's not the best international film because there's certain nations where they they can be up for consideration because they speak majority speak English in that country. Well, and see, but that's not fair. That's unfair. I don't think it's fair. If you have an international category, every country should be allowed oh, to Oh, I participate. absolutely agree. That's, yeah. what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. The name is wrong. They changed the name. They bowed to pressure to change the name, but they need to work on another name. If they're not going to call it Best Foreign Language Film, it needs to be uh, called Best Non-English Language Film. But uh, to me, if, if those two are still too offensive for people, then we just need to get rid of this award then. If it, there's no way to name this award that doesn't seem to offend people. Well, you can't please everybody all the time, so... I guess we'll just have to leave it, yeah, at, I, I, leave I, I it can, at that. To me, I can understand getting rid of the word foreign. That's why fuck is like best non-English film. No. Like, no. What do, you, what do you recommend we call that, the award that then, makes, Tachi? But that it, makes English the default, and English is not the default. Well, it's That's default, like what's saying but, non-white. But but it's clearly the default in in when it, come, when it comes to American cinema. We're, this is an American cinema award. This is the, the just like the bath. This is a British uh, cinema award. This is an American cinema award, and our our predominant language is English. That is just the sad fact for some people. It's not a sad fact. Yeah, but me. if okay, but if you're recognizing foreign language or or international, whatever it's called, that's not um English. So that has nothing to do with that. You've chosen to recognize. These films, whether they're in English or not, I. So okay, well, you know let, what? Let me, let me ask you this, Tachi. Okay, of these two terms, because mm-hmm. we can't seem to be thinking of a third term for this, of, of non-English film versus both best foreign language film. Which one do you find least offensive? Since they're both offensive, which is the least offensive of the two? They're all offensive. <laughs> oh dear I God! Think, okay. I I think no international because but but. That is with the caveat that you need to get rid of the language requirement so that everybody can participate in it. The, another thing is to call it's it's really about the rules. It's not even the title. It's the rules that make a problem. And so you could call it something like best, um, uh, you know, glo- you could call it global film or world film. That's an, that's a term that we still use when we're talking about quote foreign language films or foreign films. The term we tend to use in filmmaking is world film. So that's something that you can use as well. And then that really speaks to this could be from all over the world. Let's get rid of the language requirement because again, when you have a language requirement, you're not considering countries where English is the main or first language or, you know, and so the majority of it's going to be, I, let me talk about Nigeria for a minute. There are people who were born in Nigeria that live like in places like Lagos. And I'll ask, I'm like, wait a minute, you don't speak Yoruba? No, but you grew up in Lagos. But yeah, we speak, I speak, I only speak English. So have an accent to the T, but don't speak Yoruba. So I, I'm like, you can't, you have to account for things like that, that that type of filmmaker probably would not be making a film in Yoruba. They'd be making it in English with some tinges of Yoruba because that's their experience. So you're saying their experience is wrong by having those rules. Well, by calling it best world, I'm offended as an as an American filmmaker. You're saying that America isn't part of the world? I am deeply offended, Tachi. Oh, well, right now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's let's keep let's moving. move what on. Other, what other Oscar uh, uh, things do we need to clean up before we uh, before we end the show? Before we end the show, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, a certain dress by a one Natalie Portman. I think I commented it was her cape on. Or, I think it was her cape. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I said um, dress, but it's a yeah. It's a it's a it's a cape. Um, commented on by a one Rose McGowan. She actually slammed uh, uh, Natalie Porter, Portman, Port, not Porter, Portman, uh, because uh, she it was deeply offensive, she said. She had on a, a cape that was a pro-female director's Oscar ensemble, excuse me, apparently. So she said, she actually said, brave? No, not by a long shot. More like an actress acting the part of someone who cares. As so many of them do. Mm. She wore a cape that was embroidered with the names of snubbed female directors. Um, and it got positive headlines and also a lot of Twitter backlash. I don't know why people even listen to Twitter. <laughs> when you do something like this, know that you're going to get some hate and just don't pay attention. So, anyway. Um... Rose McGowan was not here for that cape. She published this on face published on Facebook and she called the cape the kind of protest that gets rave reviews from the mainstream media for its bravery and then the other stuff that I said. Hmm. Well, well also think, I, I that believe brave? that she went she went deeper into saying that that she felt like uh, Natalie Portman could have actually done more that she that doesn't she say something about her or Yeah, her she says yeah, well, I was going to give you a chance to respond to that and then continue. But yeah, let me continue on. She says, I find Portman's type of activism very uh, deeply offensive to those of us who actually do the work. I'm not writing this out of bitterness. I'm writing out of disgust. I just want her and other actresses to walk the walk. So that's what she's saying. If you Be about it. Don't just embroider it on your thing. But, but I, I want to know your thoughts on that. Is, well, the, what, was, what, 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 what was interesting to me about it was I thought there was something specific that she was saying that either Natalie Portman has a production company or something like that that she has that, that has hired like maybe one female director or it's about Natalie Portman's the projects that she chooses that don't have female directors. There was something specific that she called her out on uh, that to me was absolutely fair. I, at first when I read that, that she was coming down on her for the kid, I'm like, well, why, who would have a problem with that? So, no, it's, it, it's the idea that it's a show thing. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, so you want to come you're gonna come out here and we're gonna all celebrate you in the media that like oh she's acknowledging all the female uh, directors that got snubbed by the academy awards but is she acknowledging acknowledging these women by hiring women uh for either the uh, uh working saying yes to female directors when they're looking to cast uh a, a star like natalie portman because she is a name she is a star she's an oscar winner herself is she lending her face is she in an independent film that's being directed and written by a woman that kind of thing is she choosing uh, to hire women for projects that she's associated with or that her own company is producing. That to me is an absolutely fair critique. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it takes more than having uh, some tailor embroider names on your on your cape. So that wasn't that wasn't um, Rose McGowan that said that this this was comments that were made. Um, so was it what you're talking about? So really brave of Natalie Portman to elevate vo the voices of white women in Hollywood through the medium of 
uh, a garment she will wear exactly once made by a brand that doesn't pay a living wage, one commenter wrote. Um, in a nearly 30 year career, she has worked with two female directors. Be the change you want to see, do the hard work, take the first steps. I applaud you for the dress, but let's do not perform another. So that wasn't Rose McGowan. No, that was, that, other... but there was a, I thought there was something specific that Rose McGowan called her out on. I thought it was either her own production company that she has, um, that, that not um, hiring, uh, or having hired like maybe one female director or something like that in the past. I'm not sure. So I, I shouldn't be quoting it or even trying to. Quote yeah, it. I don't, I don't see it in the article that I have. So, um, okay, well, I, I will, I'm, I'm not I find sure. It, I'll post yeah. it on to our Twitter account. Um, okay. if I can find uh, specifically that quote, but I, I think that that is a fair critique as far as in, you can do more, you have the power to do more than just, and even if she doesn't have her own production company, she has the power to choose her projects as far as in who she's going to work with. Because when you have a name like that, you can get something greenlit because of your presence. So if there is a, a female director that has a project that she wants to get made and she's having a problem getting financing, having Natalia Portman uh, attached to it is going to be more likely to get it financed. So yeah, get don't just write the names of these women on your on your clothes that you're going to wear for one night. Um, uh, work with these women to get these uh, uh, projects made is what well, I think people are saying. I think so too, but I we don't know that she's not. I, I'm, I'm just playing the other side now. We don't know that she's not. We don't know that this is not a starting point for her to do that. And, and now that she's been called out, I hope it is. Uh, Rose McGowan says, what is it with actresses of your ilk? You A-listers could change the world if you take a stand instead of being the problem. Yes, you, Natalie, you are the problem. Lip service is the problem. Fake support of other women is the problem. So she said uh. that. And, uh, <laughs> ouch. I, yeah, ouch for real. So, but you know, my thing is you are not going to be able to take everyone to the mountaintop with you. There are some people who are going to complain. Why do we have to go all the way up there? Some people be like, well, I can't do it today. Can we do it next week? Some people, you just have to leave at the base of the mountain. So Rose McGowan, I say to you, you know, follow what, you know, those of us, the people of color have done. Some people, you just have to leave at the base of the mountain because you know they're not going to do anything. So Natalie Portman may just be in that camp and you just have to move on. So nothing wrong with calling her out on it. Absolutely not. Um, but, and you know, I'm glad, but whatever. Some people you got to leave at the base of the mountain. Well, I'm glad she called her out because I think it, it, it brought in the discussion because the initially yes. when, when, when uh, on Oscar night and after the red carpet, people were uh, celebrating Natalie Portman for doing that. And yeah, that's great. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a start at the very best. It's a start. And the idea that you don't have the power to do more as a, as a female movie star than to just basically have these names sewn on, on your cape is, you know, a dupe at best. Well, and I agree with that, but okay, let's go back to the BAFTAs and when um, uh, Joker, help me with his um, his uh, oh, name. Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix made a wonderful speech about how people of color don't feel welcome in spaces like this, because, and he called out uh, white actors and white people for that. Be Great! Wonderful. It's a great speech. It's the same thing as Natalie Portman wearing women's names on her cape. Action is what's going to matter. Okay, so you've said this. Now what? 
Are you now dedicated to setting up scholarships and uh, um, uh, apprenticeships to help people of color get into the industry? Are you personally going to make sure that a certain percentage of, of you is always people of color so that they have the same opportunities? What now? So talking about it to me, it's, it's the same thing. So while what he said was wonderful and it calls people out and it made people uncomfortable, which is great, now what? I think well, that's I mean, the wasn't thing. the female lead in Joker a woman of color? So maybe he's uh, making sure that there are, are people of color in the in in the movies that he's in now. I don't know. One. One. I mean, you know, that's not. I think people of color are tired of um, just the tokens and the oh well. We have one person on set, and you know, it's not giving a handout. It's not. There are some bomb actors and people over the editors and people both above and beyond uh below the line that are stellar and excellent that don't get a chance because hollywood is such a closed system well so, to be fair again we don't know maybe now, now that would be someone should call, just like rose mcgowan called uh natalie portman out someone call him out so he can say yeah, we you don't know, know. he could yeah that's true he could he could say you know what the key grips um that worked on on joker were people of color and i had um and the and the script supervisor was uh hispanic and he could be like he could he could slap us all away uh instantly he really with, could. With, with facts so we don't know but it would we, be it's, we it's, don't it's a fair know. question to ask it's a fair question to ask absolutely it is a fair question unlike to ask. snoop dogg I would not threaten the life of a reporter that asked him those questions. No, I would not. Never, never. Uh, so you know what? Let's um, let's let's wrap up with this final story. Um, in terms of so the thing that I always laugh because I always know that Kevin is going to have a bone to pick with the in memoriam <laughs> segment. What? Who me? You, you, sir, you, you are the problem. I know that you will have a bone to pick with the in memoriam section because of the way it's done or edited or some omissions. They never get it right. <laughs> never. Uh, okay. Well, the, the 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 big problem this year, people were upset about. There was more than just, but but Luke Perry, uh, uh the actor Luke Perry, famous, most famous for being on nine hundred two one zero, the first in our incarnation of that, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Also, uh, more recently for being Archie's dad on Riverdale. And so he was not featured in, in the in memoriam. There was other people. There were other uh, notable omissions, apparently. But I'm uh, sadly they're not happening off the top of my head. I'm not remembering them. But uh, so the, uh, I believe uh, there was an article that you have, Tachi, that where they basically tried the Oscars tried to explain why he didn't make the cut or what happened or how they dropped the ball with that. Yes. Okay. So they have explained why Luke Perry was left out, and they said this. The Academy receives hundreds of requests to include loved ones and industry colleagues in the Oscars In Memoriam segment. An executive committee representing every branch considers a list and makes selections for the telecast based on limited available time. All the submissions are included on Oscar.com and will remain on the site throughout the year. Luke Perry and Cameron Boyce are remembered in the Oscar.com gallery. That's what they said. Okay, well, I thought there would be a little bit more than that. Again, brought to you by uh, Wendy Williams and Spoke People, these people using a quarter of their ass in these apologies or exp explanations. <laughs> Not um, a quarter. <laughs> what, what, what bothers me about that is this, and this is going to be controversial, and I, uh, Snoop Dogg may, may be threatening to kill me in a minute. Kobe Bryant was listed in, the, uh, in memoriam at the Oscars. He did exactly one 
one animated film, short animated animated short. He won an Oscar for it, and so he was mentioned in the in memoriam. Not only was he mentioned, he was the first image shown. He was the first. He got the, the spotlight. Uh, 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 the the very first image that was shown and shown for longer than the other images, people like Diane Carroll, people like um uh oh oh my God uh just give me a second Doris Day uh got short shrift uh who had long careers in the film industry long rich careers he, the, the resumes that'll blow your mind the movie movies they were in and the idea that. Kobe Bryant would make the cut, but not Luke Perry, who was working in Hollywood and, and also had a film career, not just in television. He also was in films and they could not they could not squeeze. They could not squeeze Luke Perry in and in, in showing his picture for two seconds. Another thing in the memoriam. I'm sorry. Let's just I'm going to just go all the way in. Oh my God! What is that girl's name? Uh, Billy I uh, Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. They had her singing yesterday. Somebody please explain why. Her fan base is not going to watch the Oscars because Billie Irish is doing a dirgy version, just uh, 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 a dirgy, pitchy version of yesterday. They could care less. They love her, but not enough to watch the Oscars to hear her sing yesterday. So then, so they're not going to get her. They're not going to get those those kids to come over and uh, watch the show for that. So why bother? Get somebody who can actually has a voice uh, and and maybe choose a better song. Adele so wasn't that, available. Uh, apparently not. So she's too busy working out. So um so no. Oh! So then, so then, um, uh, so they, so anyway, they, 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 so they, the song choice was bad. The person singing it was bad. Then another thing that they did that I don't like is this is an award for people in front and in behind the camera, behind the scenes and making films. These people have incredible resumes and have been some incredible classic films. You have a chance. The whole idea about the Academy is about education, about, about film and broadening the audience. There are a lot of people who have not seen a film that came out before they were born. Never, not one. The uh, when you do have a wider audience during the Oscars by showing clips of the people who passed away, show a clip of Doris Day movie, show a clip of a of a Diane Carroll film, uh, and show why they were stars. Why are, why is Doris Day up there? If you're like you know, uh, if you're like 15, you never heard of Doris Day. You don't know why we're why are we why is she being uh, acknowledged? Why is her passing being acknowledged? Show us a clip of her work. You might actually make someone like, oh wait a minute, which uh, um I might want to actually see this movie. I want to. What, what is this clip about? What is this movie? What what show clip of it? Identify the movie that it's a, a, a clip of, um, and and then maybe you might broaden people's horizons and get them to see a movie that they would have never seen before. But to just just show a literally a two second picture of somebody, and post their name up on the screen is not enough for people that have had these kinds of careers. People that we refer to as stars, actual stars. It's ridiculous that they got such short shrift. It was, it was a to me, it was a disgrace. And I, I don't know what the film industry is thinking. They weren't thinking. And the fact that you explained it with, oh, but they're on Oscars.com. Really? Well, if Terrible. that's okay, why, why even do anything? Just let's let's all go to the dot com and read up read the list of of all the people that have uh, passed in the last year. Uh, that work in the film industry. Thank you very much. That may be an idea. And the good thing about while you're reading that list, you don't have to hear uh, Billie Eilish, you know, butchering <laughs> yesterday. So, yeah. 
uh, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Anyway, that's that. That about does it for our news, our current news for the week. This was fun, Kevin. Oh, my God. We covered a lot. We really did. We really did. More than we thought we wanted to, but we, <laughs> we, we covered uh, it. Well, Tachi, how can people listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Oh, and you could be listening in a myriad of different ways right now. Uh, but you can listen to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, WJMSRadio.com. We come on live twice a week at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, yeah, drive time. So you can listen there. And if you can't remember any of that for some reason, just go to tvchanneling.com and you can go ahead and listen that way. And while you're listening, go ahead and leave a really nice review for us. We would love that. And subscribe. This way you get all the episodes into your but into your app or whatever you're listening to straight away. You don't even have to search for us. You get it straight away. So maybe you heard some, maybe you're one of the eyelashes. That's what they call Billy Eilish's people. Maybe you're an eyelash and you have a bone to pick with us about what we said. And you love the way she sang the in memoriam. And you want to tell us about ourselves on social. How would they do that, Kevin? <laughs> okay. If you want to come for me on social, you can do it in a variety of ways. You can attack me. You can attack me on Facebook. <laughs> you can threaten me on Instagram, and you can send really mean, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, uh, images. I guess you could do that on Instagram as well. But you can also send uh, uh, ranting videos against me and all I stand for on Twitter. And we are um, at uh, uh, TV channeling everywhere so reach out to us we would love to uh we would love to hear from you and also but by the way i do not hate billy eilish i just think she was a bad choice i like electric eyes is on my play uh, one of my playlists of course it's a remix version do not like the original version but anyway oh. so i don't I'm not, i don't have any hate for her in particular but i just think she was not a good choice for just do the in memoriam and the reason why she was chosen was specifically to try and lure people over the uh, the eyelashes were not coming to see the oscars just to see her sing that song for like three minutes no they were not and see, nope. thank you, Kevin. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. We've been on for quite a while and we appreciate your time. It's because of you we do this. And we're going to sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we are talking about it. Unless Billie Eilish is singing yesterday. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>